Welcome back to Crying in My Closet. So today we're going to talk about Enneagrams. Say what? You know, most people have never heard of what these even are. Are you familiar with that? Isn't that crazy? That's wild to me. So we actually have Enneagrams listed um, on our job application, which is just all filled out online. And, but most of the time people will say like, I just took the quiz. I'm a four. So, I was going to say, I was like, how many people do you think had to Google it and say like, what is an Enneagram? Yeah. So we have the link just attached, um, but they'll, they'll, I can usually tell in the actual interview, like, and then I will ask like, are you familiar with Enneagrams? Yes, no. And I can tell when they authentically are because like they'll dive into it and then mm-hmm. we talk for like 30 minutes about it and then they're hired immediately on the spot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> And then when they're not, they're like, yeah, I mean, like, I think I was a seven, not sure, kind of thing. That's um, that is so funny. So I didn't know what they were, honestly, until my friend Caitlin, our friend Caitlin, um, got me involved with it. And she was diving in crazy with it. And I was like, say what? So what is it? So then she goes to give me a book about it. And I, I'm going to be honest, I probably made it to page like 20 generously. Yeah, because it's some pretty it was deep a stuff. deep thing. And so basically, if people have heard of love language, it's, it's kind of basically how you perform best, but like how you function pretty much as a human being on all levels. So not just like on um, your love languages and stuff. So then I go and take the test and everything. And so a huge rule with Enneagrams is you can like, even if you know somebody very well, did you know? So like, it's a, it's like a thing. You can never tell them what their number is. If they have not taken the test. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So because like, I mean, think about it. Like, so like, have you ever done, okay, I'm going to web MD it right here. I, yeah, I have so many patients and then all of a sudden they like will come up to us and then they start doing like, oh, you know, I have this ache and pain and it radiates and it does this, this, this. And oh my God, now it goes to the stomach. Do you think it shingles? Like, yeah. you know, all these things I'm like you were on the computer and they're like, I was, I was like, get off of it. Because it's no, like the totally. more you kind of lean towards something, the more your mind is like, I do think I have that. Yeah. I do think, okay. And so like you lean towards it instead of being really authentic. Yeah. And I think a huge thing with the Enneagram is that you're supposed to be able to really dive deeply into yourself and who you are by kind of like discovering your number. And I think it's really built to understand and empower yourself. And mm-hmm. so I totally understand what you're saying about like, if I were like, oh, you're a total two, then you put them in that box, which is the opposite of what the Enneagram is (laughs) supposed to do. So for those that don't know the Enneagram, okay, so you have nine numbers and you could always be a wing of a number, but I'm Can you explain how the wings work? Like, yeah. So again, Caitlin does this extremely well. However, like from my understanding is basically say like you're a two. Well, you can either be a wing of a one or a three, but you couldn't be like all the way at like uh-huh. a seven because like you see like it just doesn't go that way. And then what because I think is- it's like for how the Enneagram thing works, it's like what your gut is doing, how your heart is feeling and what your head is thinking. And then how does it go whenever? So like picture like a huge like circle graph, like, like a. Clock. A circle. Yeah, a circle. <laughs> like, like, like a circle. one through nine. And so you have, like, this is a, a three at your healthiest, and then this is a three, like, when you're being super toxic, and that can go all over the chart, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where, like, that book dives in. So, I mean, it could get deep and deep and deep for, like, even just, like, the, like, outermost simplest layer 
So I'll go through like one through nine because this is so interesting to me. Um, but ultimately you got to take a test and it's one of those tests where like, they'll ask you maybe like a hundred questions maybe, but it's very, very short questions. And then they'll ask you again in different ways. So you're like, didn't I freaking just answer this? But they ask you in a different way to, to see, see what speaks to you because your personality type uh-huh. is messy. But something that I've recently learned about the Enneagram, which I think is super interesting is that no matter what, we all have a little bit of something. So you have mm-hmm. one number that you identify as the most strongly, but then every single person has a small percentage of every single Enneagram in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's dive into what the numbers are. So what's number one? Okay. So number one is the reformer, often known as a perfectionist. These people are very demanding, um, kind of quick to anger, but it's to be perfect. So... The type two is the caregiver. So these people are known to be very caring, helpful, generous. They're people pleasers at their core. They love to feel loved and needed. Um, Something that I think is super interesting on the Enneagram test is they tell you that if you are a woman, that if you score as a two, that you should retake it because all women will score high as a two because society has kind of like groomed us to be caregivers. You, you know why that is? This is not even getting off track. And so um, I was listening to a podcast or maybe it was in a book, one of the two, but I do remember this so boldly is how people actually treat girls and boys growing up. They do. And so like, say like, you know, you have a little baby girl and you're pushing her on a swing and she falls and then all of a sudden you run to her and you're like, oh my God, sweetie, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, let me help you like kiss the bruises, kiss the bumps, like everything. And you go instantly to nurture them. So they know nurture really, really well. Yeah. And then for a boy from like most dad standpoint, or like, you know, especially if you like have a husband or whatnot, it's like, don't be crying, be Shake a man. Shake it off, baby. Like, yep. Exactly. 100%. So then they learn to like have more dominant characteristics. Like if I'm crying, then that's not like kind of manly and everything. And so instantly just from even, you know, your one, two, three year old self, you know, you're kind of groomed into those little patterns as well. I could totally go off on like a huge, we should do an entire episode (laughs) dedicated to how just like little things that you literally don't even think about, Mm -hmm. like mold you to be one way or the other, like shampoo bottles, product labels, (laughs) all of that. But that's another episode for another day, but (laughs) I am writing it down right now. So type three. So number three. That's me. That is you. Um, (laughs) And I almost identified very close to this. Um, this is the achiever. This is a performer. They often, they are deceitful, um, kind of like failure to succeed. Like, so failure is the enemy. Everything they want in their life is to succeed and they need to see what that looks like every step of the way. Yeah. So I'll speak a little bit on a three. I think that as a three, um, so threes are usually not proud that they're threes because, of like the whole your girl Rachel um, Hollis is proud to be a three. <laughs> Listen, we're not trying to be a controversial podcast here. No, I'm totally <laughs> kidding. Totally kidding. Love Rachel. Um, so I think that threes are like a little bit closeted almost. I think either you're closeted or you're like loud and proud about a three, just because of like the like negative things that kind of come with a three of being like super arrogant, of like having like almost like a like god mindset if that makes sense oh, i could see that, that so like sense. a lot of surgeons are threes uh-huh. a lot of celebrities are taylor swift is a three like you're just super oh, never like really no i totally would have guessed you that. love taylor though. so i do love taylor 
But for me, Justin Bieber's a three. So for me, I super struggle with like a work-life balance. Like I definitely define as like a workaholic and that's definitely, it's motivated because I'm a three. So it's like, it's not from a healthy place. It's from a place of like at my core, I want to be impressive and I want you to think I'm impressive. If that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. I didn't take that. So that's why a lot of threes are like, I'm a three. Like, that makes sense. Because a three doesn't want you to know. Like, for me as a three, that's super vulnerable to me to be like, yeah, like, most threes are motivated by, like, they want other people to think they're impressive. They don't want to just be impressive. They want you to know they're impressive. That makes sense. So a three doesn't want you to know they're a three because then you know their motive is that they want you to think they're impressive. So it kind of, like, I would never them. still guess that as Taylor Swift then. Oh, my gosh. Did you watch Miss Americana, the documentary I on can't. Netflix? Okay. If I tell you that I really am not a fan of her, then it's going to crush you. Then the you. podcast is over. <laughs> Every time I'm in your salon, I hear Taylor I playing. I love Taylor, you guys. Okay, so we'll move on to the next Enneagram type after I just say this thing about Taylor Swift. Here we go. So we're watching the Miss Americana documentary, and she released this super, super angsty album. I think it was like the Reputation album. And so that entire album was basically after like – Kanye West like slandered her all over the internet and like really like questioned her reputation so to speak so like it's a three that's your little world worst nightmare because again you really Uh, care about what other people think about you makes sense um so anyway so she's waiting for like the announcements for like whatever the award show that she's like waiting to see what she's nominated for and there's four big categories I don't know what they are I do not work in the music industry but her manager called her and she's like hey um uh, we, so, uh, the numbers, uh, uh, got in and she's like, okay, so what categories him? And she's like, you're not in any of the top four. Uh. And she literally did not miss a beat. And she goes, okay, that's fine. I'll make a better album. That's a three. Like to the court. Like she's like, I'm not going to cry right now. No, literally. Get like, back in your closet. I'm in, the, I'm in the closet. It's fine. I'm coming out of the closet. <laughs> but anyway, like that's a three at the core is like, she didn't even miss a beat to like process her. She's like, that's fine. Like they don't think I'm great. I'll just be great. Like next time I'll be great. Like let's go to the studio right now and record. So that's a three. Um, okay. What's a four? So four is the artist, individualist, um, often envious, kind of ordinariness, um, Kind of, they want to be special. The three, I always think of a three as like the super like artsy type, like no one's like me, like that kind of. Well, that makes sense too, because I mean, because the three is still the performer part. Yeah. Um, Okay, so type five. I don't know anything about fives. Um, Five is a thinker. They're an observer. They're stingy, which is really funny, only because this is my sister. she, I don't think she's a big observer. She's a thinker and she's stingy too, which is kind of funny, but emptiness to perceive. So I don't really know what that means, but, uh, their core motivation is to be competent and capable. So I guess that makes sense. Okay. I don't feel like I know any fives personally. Um, okay. So an Enneagram six is, so this is also a thing, um, just before I dive into what a six is, they say that if you keep taking the Enneagram test and then you get a different thing every single time, then you're probably a six. Really? Yeah. That makes so sense. So let's but... read the description. So a six is security-oriented, engaging, responsible, loyal, and anxious, 
core mo- their core motivation is to have security and support. So maybe they always test differently because like they want that security so they can't commit to like one kind of thing because they don't know what's going to be the most secure. See, and that's what's so interesting because I know a ton of people that are sixes um, and it like still represents as like more, they're the loyalist. They're a very big skeptic. They're fearful. And I represent that of fearful of change or big decisions. Um, and, but they long to be secure and certain. So think of like a six, a lot of times when I see a six, I see them as like, they're the engineers. Like they're so certain because the certainty, like accountants, mm-hmm. engineers, they're certain in the numbers. Like there's no way that that, that can be something different. It's like, but they need they're to be, fact based. they're very fact based. Um, and so anything else that's kind of more feeling or I have a good vibe about this, they're skeptic on because that feeling is so far out of their kind of reach. And it's like, but on paper, this looks good. Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay. So then I feel like that's a good segue into a type seven, which is our friend Amanda here. So <laughs> I love sevens. Threes and You're sevens. You're only saying that I'm sitting No, here. threes and sevens vibe really, really well together. Most of the people that work at the salon are sevens. Oh, that makes sense. Um, so I tell could be us, a salon artist. You could. Uh, so tell us about a seven. So as your fellow seven, um, so on the little route, they're very fun. They're an adventurer. They're overindulgent. That totally makes sense. Um, they fear being limited. Um, and they like kind of do all these other big things kind of to avoid pain, but like diving deep into a seven. So this enthusiast, um, the seven is kind of like FOMO. They're totally, is. They're the social butterfly. It's like, where are we going next? Think the grass is always greener on the other side. And when you give your heart, you give it fully. But like once you give it and someone hurts you, like you are cut off, you're done. We're not coming back. Um, They're kind of spontaneous, free-spirited, adventure seekers. Um, So the biggest thing like sevens need to learn is how to sit with their hurt and pain and that's something I could definitely relate to that I don't sit with. I like... Because you're a seven, so you're always on to the next thing. Yeah. And I always think of like Cameron Diaz in the holiday where she's like trying to cry. She's trying to cry and she's at her desk and she's like, oh, and she's like, okay, moving on. Cool. Yeah. And um, so like that kind of like just the extrovert, the funness, optimistic, versatile. Uh, they're very quick learners, upbeat. I won't say I'm the quickest learner unless you show me how to do something. But if it's like, you know, on the paper, like you're like, hey, you put a part to grill. I'm like, nope, not going to happen. But I do feel like for you, you're like, everyone's my friend until they're not. So there was something, someone that is both in our personal life that we were talking about today. And I had mentioned that person's name and she goes, I don't like them. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? Like, and like, it was very serious. Like mm-hmm. she was like, nope, like I, I do not like them. And that is that where I'm the opposite mm-hmm. as a three. I'm like, listen, like, yeah, they really, really, really struck a chord with me, but like, I'm going to try to win them over and we're going to be friends because maybe she was a total B to me three days in a row, but like, it's okay. She's going to love me because I'm a three and everyone needs to love me. Nope. Um, and I think that it's, that's so funny where that is different because I think I treat everyone um, with the most respect in a blank slate all the time and like really let, you know, no matter who says anything about people or anything, I'm like, okay, like show me what you got, kid. And I will literally like everything's blank. Like I won't listen to 
anyone or what anyone says about anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'll give them like, cause I want my perspective of them to be a very clean slate. And then the minute, like, and it's not just like one failure. Like I treat it like the level of three. Have you heard the three strike you're out rule? Yeah. That's like how they teach you to employ people. <laughs> yeah. That's literally me. So it's like with jobs, with restaurants, I've been like that way my whole entire life where I will go to a restaurant even and have a terrible meal. And then I will literally justify it. And I'll say, well, you know what? Maybe I didn't get the best thing on the menu. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'll go back. And then, oh, wait, 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 wait for, okay, wait, what's your question? Do you think, because I feel like what you're saying is like super organized and database driven. Do you think that's because you're a seven wing six? Because you just said that sixes are super database driven. And I feel like that's like a really organized system. Like that's something that me as a I would totally do that, but mm-hmm. I'm surprised to hear you say that. Mm-hmm. No, that's so funny because I'm actually a seven, eight wing, which is the challenger, which we'll get into. You are the challenger. Where Taylor, that's the funniest thing is because Taylor, my um, co-partner at work, he's also a seven, which is crazy rare to have two as like your leaders. Yeah. And he's actually a six. Okay. Okay. But like for me, like, so an eight, we'll just kind of jump ahead, but then I'll just tell you why. Um, they're the challenger, kind of the maverick, um, their weakness is to kind of be against, but like it, it can come off as very arrogant. So I know like for me personally, that's never, ever my intent. Um, a lot of eights can kind of, kind of like you said, threes, they can come off of like, no one wants to be the eight because they don't want to be confrontational. Any of the achiever personalities, they don't love to like brag that that's who they are. Yeah. So with eights, they don't like it because it comes across as confrontational and they're like, oh no, but I'm not, I'm not like that. But like for me, like I welcome it. It's fine. Like I'm enthusiastic. I'm fun. I'm loving everything and I'll do anything it takes, but I want to know why. And if my why doesn't align with your why or with the, the why you're telling me, then I can't get on board with that mission. And then I'll tell you that I can't get on board with that mission. Yeah. I think one of my really, really good friends is the challenger. Mm-hmm. And I think that we get along well because she challenges me in a way that pushes me to be my best person. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I can really, really receive what she's saying because she has a little bit of a nine, like kind of jumping forward to a nine. So nines are the mediators. They're easygoing and they're agreeable. Um, their core motivation is peace and inner stability. So I know that that maybe sounds like it's like the total opposite of an eight, but I feel like she has that really healthy balance. Mm -hmm. And so like, she's probably the only person in the world that can just straight up call me on my shit. And I listen to it like anybody else. Like I would like not sleep at night because maybe they don't like me, but like, I know that her Mm -hmm. actual core motivation is to help me be my best and to help my business be my best or my marriage or my personal life Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And so And she always, it's super funny. She always starts it by like, so I'm just going to say it. And like, (laughs) like she thinks I'm going to be really offended, but I'm actually like super open to it. But pretty much like anybody else in my life, my parents, my husband, anybody else, I'm like super offended if they (laughs) tell me like what's wrong with me. That makes sense. But it's so funny because my best friend is a nine as well. Okay. Um, and so that's Caitlin. Yeah. And you know what? I'm super open to when Caitlin tells me stuff too. It makes so sense. It's something because, about the yeah, nine. It's the nine. It's the feedback. It's how they deliver it. But it's, I think because they don't interject to object, they it's interject in to understand. In almost like a neutral way too. Mm-hmm. So like how she always says stuff and it, it gets me every damn time. And she'll be like, that's very interesting. 
Yeah. So wait, did you yes. ever think that it might have been this to this to this? And I'm like, well, I do now. Yeah. No. No. Okay. So Caitlin is our mutual friend who I've met through Amanda, and she's exactly <laughs> like that. Like I even have like little moments in my life of maybe we, her and I, had had a conversation about something or whatever, and I'm like. I should text Caitlin before I make this next move. I should text Caitlin and see what she thinks about that because I think it's coming from a place where she genuinely cares. And that's the same as how I feel about my friend Anna. And that's the nine. That's the helper. Like their Mm -hmm. biggest thing is like they want to be so helpful, but at the same time they can help to almost a fault where it doesn't affect you. It affects them and their mental clarity. And like they will pretty much wear themselves out because they want to be there and help everybody. Yeah. And so that's how, so I know we're getting a little bit all over the place with the night or with the numbers, but so my friend, I believe it, which I know I'm doing the thing where you're not supposed to tell people what you think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that she is an eight wing nine. And so she has told me, so the eight is the challenger. And she has told me like at my core, if I disagree with something, I cannot be quiet about it. Like at my core, if something is wrong, I have to like, I have to say it. I will not be able to sleep. I will start like losing my hair. Like I oh. have to say it. And I'm kind of the opposite. Like I don't really have to say a lot of things. Like I can just kind of like. You're lying. I am in certain situations. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm trying to think of like an example of something that would. So like just I guess in my career, like there are certain things that will happen like throughout the day. And I'm like, that's annoying. That's annoying. That's annoying. And in the moment, I might really want to say something, but I'm just trying to like wait for my cue. And then (laughs) if the cue doesn't come within like a timely amount, then I'm okay. Like I don't need to say it. And like she's so different. Like she's like, I could never. Like we would have a team meeting on the spot. I would have to get that off my chest. So I think that's super funny. Um, Wait, so like that's so funny because now I'm thinking about it. And like you're like, I would never have like, I'll always wait for the opportunity to come. And if it doesn't come, you'll make the opportunity. No, opposite. I will literally, I will not say anything. And then it'll freaking bug the shit out of me for like days. And I will literally rehearse in my car of like, all the things I wanted to say or what I should have said or, oh my God, I okay, can't think so about this that. Is your, this is the crying in the closet moment of this episode. Yes. I feel like it's your, in your closet slash car, so to speak, of like, this is what I should have said. So I don't feel like that about like, this is what I should have said to correct them. I feel like that as an Enneagram three, like this is what I should have said if somebody insults me, if somebody gives me like feedback, like, and I can take feedback and I like feedback whenever it's in that way that a nine would present it where it's super helpful and productive. I can't take feedback that isn't really feedback. That's just kind of like a stab or it's like, well, why would you say that about me? Mm -hmm. Or did they think that about me? You know, I'm trying to think of an example, but there's certain things that people can do that are just like, that wasn't productive. So no, thank you to that. And we're moving on. We've done with... I'm glad you said that was something we did with our team. I don't know. It's probably about a year or two ago. I lose track. But like because of the feedback train, it finally got to a point where we're like, okay. One of our mentors said, um, you know, before giving feedback, like just because you're in the place to give it doesn't mean the person's in the place to receive receive it. it. Yeah. And he said, so before anything, always ask, are you in a place to receive feedback? And if they say no, okay, okay. 
I have to say something right now. <laughs> I have a friend and I love her to death, but she always says that. And so me, as the Enneagram 3, I am in, I want, I will say I am in the place to receive that because I want to know because there's clearly something that you want to say about me and it's going to eat me alive if you don't think I'm impressive or whatever. Like I'm leaning into the impressive thing because that's what a 3 truly is. Taylor. <laughs> that's not like totally what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll say yes, but to me, I'm like, what kind of BS blanket statement is like, I want to make sure you're in the place to receive this. I know that you feel like maybe you're being respectful, but honestly, would you ever say, no, I'm not in the place to receive this? Like, hell yeah, I'm in the place to receive it. I want to hear what do you have to say to say about me and to me. And if I were to say no, as an Enneagram three, I would lay in bed awake, literally sick to my stomach because (laughs) that person had something to say to me. That's... (laughs) You genuinely think that works? You think that's good well, advice? I mean, well, I think maybe for any other number. Maybe let's All right, listen, threes, don't do it. The threes don't do it. Anyone else? And so it's like, I'm like, can and have done that. And because the minute it's like, you know, I, I of course I have feedback, but like, I mean, I'll ask and if they say no, I'm just, okay, cool. But then when I thought about it, like, then I like switch it. So if they're not in a place to get feedback, then I'll flip it. And then I'll ask, hey, is there anything that's been on your plate that is, like, limiting you from your ability to do, like, X, Y, Z? Okay, so that's how I am. Like, literally, every single one-on-one meeting that we have with our team, this is how I started. I'm like, so what's going on? Like, is there anything you want to talk about? Like, and I totally, I'd love to put the ball in people's court to let them, like, open up about, like, whatever's on their plate. And then I feel like they just give the feedback and then it leaves more organically into like whatever feedback I have to give. Mm -hmm. And I try to do that in my personal life too. I don't think I'm as good of it in my personal life because I think just at work, it's like just super structured and like that's, you know, what's expected. Um, But let's, I want to talk about kind of like how we realize that we should do a podcast together. Mm-hmm. because of our Enneagrams. So like as the three, I feel like for me, everything needs to be perfect. And like, <laughs> I like, so Amanda's laughing. Tell them why you're laughing. I'm laughing because literally she came over for a glass of wine and I got a text on Friday and she said, Hey, do you want to be best friends on Fridays? <laughs> and I was like, okay. No, I think it was that day. I was like, do you want to be my friend today? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like, on Friday. Yeah, it was like today or Fridays or whatever. And I was like, yeah, come on over. And I feel like that's like my, I feel like I'm a, I'm a modern day cheers bar where it's just like, come on over. Everyone's yeah, welcome. Everyone's Everyone welcome. knows your name. Just totally. come on over. So she comes She's on over. She's the best host. And... <laughs> Um, we started having like a couple like, you know, afternoon cocktails and stuff. And then we were talking about this podcast thing and I'm like, well, why aren't you doing it? Because this is something that's been her kind of baby for about since January. I've been talking about doing it. Mm-hmm. And this is where we kind of go into those different modes where I'm the enthusiast and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, let's do it. Like what's stopping you? Like, you know, worst case scenario, delete, like, or re-record. Right. But so she the achiever in her has to have it planned out. So she's like, I need a notebook and pen, please. And it was almost like a doctor going into surgery. That's how funny it was. And so like, so <laughs> from just literally an hour and a half of you here, maybe two hours, like being generous, 
She literally had three pages of notes every single episode with the title, the talking points, what we're going to talk about in those times, what it's going to look like, but then a photo shoot. So like within like 24 hours of me leaving her house, there's a shared Google Drive with organized (laughs) folders. The photographer's booked. The outfits are planned. I need you to show up at this time, like X, Y, and Z. And that's how I work. But the issue with that is like, that sounds like, hey, great. Yeah. Like she's ready to roll. But I would never jump into it because it's not like super perfect. So we just did our photos today. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm like, you know what? We're not ready for this. The notes aren't finalized. Like, let's just roll. And then Amanda was like, no, like, hey, we're doing this. So like, I feel like that's where the seven kind of rolls in mm-hmm. because Amanda's super good at just diving in with things. But the negative of the seven is it's like phase out. Yep, you phase out. You're always looking on to like the next big fun thing. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think that what is going to work super, super well for Crying in My Closet podcast is that I am organized. <laughs> I am driven. Like I will see it freaking through to my grave before <laughs> I can admit that something did not, <laughs> did not like thrive. And for her, she's like, hey, listen, we're just going to dive in. Even like moments leading up to this podcast or to this episode, I was like, Okay, so like, and I think I want to talk about this. And and she's like, okay, just like write your little note, mark it off, whatever. And I was like, I think we should just dive in. And she's like, yep, you think? <laughs> You're like, we're pressing record, like right now, one, two, three, go. <laughs> okay, so as an Enneagram 7, what do you think your crying in the closet, like, biggest thing is? I think my biggest thing is I'm going to relate it because Robin Williams is actually a 7. And I relate heavily because one, I just loved him to death, but it's like kind of like you're the entertainer and you're always always like on, on, on all the time. And then you can come home to like a house or an empty house and you can feel your biggest lows, like because you've given to everybody else. And it's not that you didn't fill your cup up because you filled it up with other things, but like you're like, I need my cup filled up and I I hit a, 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 a real bottom at home. So that's a huge mm-hmm. thing for me. I think that I'm going to kind of play off of that as an Enneagram three. Again, I feel like as the achiever and like the performer, you're always performing for other people. And through that, like stamp of approval from other people. And I think so for me, my crying in the closet moment, is kind of like Whereas like you said, like that's kind of my moment to decompress. I feel like that's my moment to be like scared to begin. If that that's a good makes sense. That's a good way to do it. That's huge. So we are so curious to know um, kind of what your Enneagram is. Um, how did you find it? And then how do you make your number work for you? So we love to hear your feedback. Um, you can comment below, especially on Instagram, Facebook. Um, this will be on Apple Podcast and Spotify. So we love to hear from you. And then comment below, share, and uh, like us. All right, we will see you next week, and we've got some fun kind of emotional things up our sleeve for next week. All right, bye.